so high right now. Anything's possible. Oh my mama! Oh my mama made it, ma! Anything's possible! Rain and Jay's back with the vengeance back. All the real Celtics fans in attendance. This the truth like 34. This like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. The crowd goes crazy. Most in-depth coverage on the daily. Mainly podcast royalty, the content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings. Focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it, got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, that's the best way. Melly. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Thank you for making this show part of your daily routine. Whatever it is that you're doing right now, listening to the show on a podcast, as a podcast, or watching the show on YouTube, I just want to thank you for indulging me, letting me participate in this whole Celtics experience with you. I'm John Corrales. I cover the team for Boston Sports Journal. I've written a book called Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. Signed copies available on johncorrales.com for 30 bucks, or you can just buy one wherever you get your books. All right, I am coming to you after the Boston Celtics beat the Atlanta Hawks in the opening, the season opener against the uh, the, the Summer League opener against uh, the Atlanta Hawks. And we had uh, Yamadar's debut. I'm going to talk about that right away. We had Peyton Pritchard going off. We had a bunch of other guys that we want to talk about, Aaron Neesmith, Romeo Langford. Carson Edwards had a big game. I'll talk about all of that. And then in the last segment, haven't podcasted since Jason Tatum won his gold medal. Team USA winning gold in Tokyo. We're going to talk about all of that stuff here. But i got to start here with Yamadar, who uh, made his debut, his official debut for the Celtics. I use air quotes. You're seeing it on the YouTube page because it's not really a debut. He's not really debuting for the Celtics, but he's wearing a Celtics jersey. It's summer league. It's nothing official, but there it is. Uh, he played 17 minutes, four of six from the field, 0 of two from three, eight rebounds, two assists, two rebounds, a nice debut for Madar. And part of the reason why it was a nice debut is he came in with the team down, and they think they were down 10 nothing. They had gone 0 for 8, I believe, at that point from the field. They were really, really struggling. And he comes in off the bench, checks in, and his energy instantly changes the game. Now, I, I want to preface all of this by saying that Summer League is not about results necessarily. It's not about the ball going in necessarily. It's not about the the team winning or losing games. Like I wasn't sitting there saying, oh, got to win this game or anything like that. Now, they did win the game. Uh, Romeo Langford hit a, a game-winning three. It wasn't at the buzzer, but it was the game-winning shot, which was nice. Being able to execute in those moments is nice. But again, the ball necessarily going through the hoop, not going through the hoop, those things aren't the biggest concern. What we're looking at here is what translates, what works in summer league and what can carry over into the regular season. We've seen players all over the place, everywhere, have great summer leagues and come out into the NBA and just not do well. It's just not the same. It's not the same level of competition. It's kind of G League level competition. It's it's kind of uh, you're you're not really getting a full sense of. What is this guy going to be able to do against 
the best defenders in the league. You want to see what's what's the translatable skill. So Yamadar comes in. What's his translatable skill? It's the energy. It's being able to pick up full court and, and to expend that energy and work that hard. That That's an important skill. He's out there. He's ready to be a dog on defense. He's going to pick up 94 feet. That is an important thing. Uh, now, is he going to be able to guard uh, – you know, James Harden, <laughs> 94 feet? No, probably not, but he's going to be an irritant. So the level of his uh, defensive acumen has to improve. Uh, he did, you know, he, he was picking up full court, but there were some things there where you're like, all right, let's Let's be a little bit more technically sound on some of these things. You can't rely on just the energy, but he has that kind of energy that you say, I'd rather I'd rather have that than try to pull it out of some people. That's the, the classic thing. I, I like to say that all the time. I'd rather have a guy that goes too far. It's a little too extra than the guy that's not enough. And you got it's easier to just say, okay, let's tone this down a little bit. Let's keep this a little bit more. Uh, contained uh, than to be able to say to somebody like, all right, let's go. Let's pull this out of you. That's, that's not, that that's harder to do. So I saw in Yamadar, obviously that energy, that immediate kind of, all right, the game changed. He impacted the game just by being on the floor, his presence, the energy, uh, the, the, that, that kind of, I'm going to do whatever it takes is, is something that's infectious. That's something that works very well. So that was very impressive. I was glad to see that from Yam. Uh, he had some very flashy, very, you know, when you watch the, the game film, he had very flashy kind of stuff. Uh, th- that kind of passing was there. Some of the shot making was there. He had that that turnaround, that spin move. That is is something that you've seen a lot on, on his game film. He hit that shot. He was 0 of 2 from 3. So that it's a two-shot sample size, so it's not a concern at all at this point. But you know, when you're when when somebody's stated weakness was the three-point shooting, and yeah, he hit he hit a bunch of threes. He he was a very good three-point shooter this last season in Israel, but it's still a different distance, a different feel, different speed of the game. So you start over two and you go, okay, no big deal. Just going to make a note of that, uh, and and hopefully that's something that that changes for for him. And he come out obviously if he hits two shots in the next game, all of a sudden he's a fifty percent three point shooter. So I'm not really worried about all of that. Uh, I thought that that Yam's um, ability to kind of see what's in front of him, control you know, not lose control of the ball, control the game, control, you know, as, as Joe Mazzulla said afterwards, he had a level of poise that was evident. Nothing so far in, in one game in 17 minutes of play that makes me say, we absolutely have to have this guy on this team this year. Um, if the difference between getting that third star and Brad Stevens executing that plan that, that he has. If, if part of that difference is you keep Yam Madar overseas for a year and you, you know that coming in next year, you, 
that extra million, two million, whatever the number is going to be, million and a half, if that's the difference between being able to sign a Bradley Beal or your third star and having to trade somebody away in order to make that cap space, then I would rather have Yamadar play in Israel for another year or wherever for another year. Hone your skills, get a little bigger. He does look a little thin. Get get a little bit more muscle on you. Work on some of those fundamentals. Work on the foot positioning defensively. Work on just a, a little more solid fundamentally. I'd rather have that than get him onto a team this year. Acknowledging fully that his energy, his ability to come in and change the game, much like Robert Williams has come in and changed game with games with his energy, I think Yamadar has the potential to be that rookie kind of energy guy that can come in and be like, all right, well, I'm going to sit here with next to Marcus Smart and we're going to be two Bulldogs defending like crazy. Let's let's go do this. Uh, that can certainly win the Celtics probably two, three games this season, just his energy alone. So I see the value in that, but thinking of it from a front office perspective, if the the extra two or three wins this year, let's say, from his energy that he might be able to provide, is that is that where is that going to get the Celtics? Does that get them the third seed versus the fourth seed, or does that still keep them as the fourth seed? Does that get them past anybody in the playoffs? Does that get them anywhere that they wouldn't normally be this year? I tend to think that it probably won't. And so, so far, and I'm not trying to make any big determinations yet, but so far I think Yam looks like a lot like his game film from from Israel. He's playing the way he normally plays. He's going to have more opportunity as the week progresses. The next game is on Tuesday. He's going to show us maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit expanded game. Maybe there were some nerves. Maybe there was a little bit, you know, as they develop a little bit more continuity, there will be more opportunity for him to, to show a little bit more. And, and obviously our, our perspectives on him will grow a little bit, but he didn't come out in that first game here and just dominate to a point where I say, I would say, whew, got to get this guy on here. Just forget the plan, forget everything. You just got to get him on the, on, on board and figure out the rest later. That's I so far, this is just an early, early return on Madar's game. So I think that that's, that's a great place to be, to be honest with you. It's a great place to be, you know, deciding when he, you know, second round pick, mid second round pick can come over and, and impact the Celtics. Uh, also very important. And I'll wrap it up on this. Unless you think that he's absolutely a must have on the team this season versus next season, it makes more sense to delay that contract, delay the, the years delay when he could become a restricted free agent. It, it makes it makes a little sense to just kind of be able to push that off another year, just so you have the longer stretch of control, that longer stretch of well, he's going to be a restricted free agent. What if he comes over and he blows your you know socks off, and in in two three years you say, well, this kid's going to be you know the next second round megastar. And he's, you want a big three. Now you got a big four 
with Madar. Like that could, what if that's the case? So you push off that one extra year contractually, he becomes a restricted free agent one year later, which means you control him for a little bit more of his career. You can match that contract as a restricted free agent. Just feels like that's a little bit more important. So for the long term, and I understand there might be a tendency to look at the short term, but for the long term, I'm still I'm still leaning towards Madar going back. All right, I'm going to come back. We're going to talk about Peyton Pritchard's big game, Romeo Langford, Aaron Neesmith, Carson Edwards. That's all coming up next. I got to tell, tell you about Stat Hero. You know, 85% of people who play daily fantasy sports lose. It's not surprising because the game's basically rigged against you. Uh, you're playing against thousands of other lineups. Experts, people who do this professionally, they've got more tools, more time than you. You really just don't stand a chance. So here's Stat Hero. First ever daily fantasy sports book that puts player you in control and winning within reach. Works like this. Stat Hero shows you their lineups and dares you to beat them. It's you versus the house. It's a head-to-head matchup in fantasy. You name your stakes, and it's winner take all. They're showing you their lineups, and no one else does that. So you're in total control. You can play Stat Hero now. Change the odds in a one-on-one game. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. Sign up for free. Right now, you can get three times back on your first play. That's a 300% match, which is unheard of. Go to stathero.com slash locked on. That's stathero.com slash locked on. Have you subscribed to the Locked On Celtics podcast yet? You can wherever podcasts exist, and you can follow us on Spotify. If you watch the game, you saw Peyton Pritchard go nuts from the three-point line. Seven of 15. He took 15 three-pointers. I love Summer League. 15 three-pointers for him. Uh, The Celtics took 51 three-pointers. Amazing. 51 of 81 shots were three-pointers compared to 22 of the Atlanta Hawks shots. I mean, everybody was bombing away. Uh, Pritchard... 7 of 15 from deep, 23 points to lead the Celtics, 5 assists, 5 rebounds. Let's just start with him. He's very clearly working on extending his range. That's something that we saw during the season. He continues to do so. He had a step inside the logo at one point here uh, in this game. I understand why he's playing Summer League, and there's there's other stuff that he needs to work on, and he should work on his defense and all of that stuff, but it's very clear that he's – He's a little bit above everything else that's going on at Summer League. I wouldn't be surprised if they toned it down and said, like, he played 31 minutes in this game. I I don't know that they need to play him 31 minutes. I would have him go out there and hound the best player, just put Pritchard on the other team's best player defensively and say, go, let's see you do this. Let's see you defend this guy, um, if he's going to work on stuff like that, like he's going to need to figure out how to defend. Let's get him some game film on and making mistakes. Let's put him in a position to make mistakes defensively so we can learn from that. That's, that's my takeaway from Pritchard because otherwise he's fine. 23, five and five, two steals. That's a nice game from Pritchard. He really doesn't need to do much of anything else. Uh, also, we were looking at 
this game to see where's Romeo Langford at? Where's Aaron Neesmith? Uh, I thought Romeo Langford, so he finished with 12 points, six rebounds, four assists. Uh, a nice, nice game. Nothing special, nothing crazy. But he, I think he came on a little bit in the, the second half. I think the first half it was just kind of there. And his first half numbers still looked okay, but I think he just was kind of there. There was nothing, nothing that stood out. In the second half, a little bit better defensively, a little bit better on the boards. He hit that game-winning shot, which was really good. It, you, to, to have that shot go to him, to have Pritchard see him and say, oh, that's my guy in the corner. Boom, get out there. He took that shot. Now, maybe you could have said they should have worked it for a little bit different uh, amount of time on the clock. and uh, you know, Sure, but at that point, it, it, it doesn't necessarily matter. Uh, that's something you can say, hey, teachable moment. You, you might want to work the ball around in that spot and, and get yourself into a position to milk the clock a little bit more. But, hey, getting it to, to Langford in that spot, having him hit that three, he was three of seven from three. That's, that's not bad at all. Three of seven is, is good. What's that? Um, 30, 40, 40%. 40-something percent. So that's pretty good. Um, yes. <laughs> I'm doing the math in my head. I'm like, eh, 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 40, whatever. Over 40%. Um, that's pretty good for him. So uh, nice nice to see that. Uh, his shot still a little janky, I think. It's something that's still a work in progress. Not surprising that it's not where it needs to be, considering the wrist surgery and not still not a ton of time to to really work on that. However, still would like to see uh, a little bit more consistency on the shot. Aaron Neesmith, the guy who is supposed to shoot well, was 5 of 14, 1 of 8 from 3, but like I said at the top of the show, not really worried about the ball going in, not going in. It seemed like Aaron Neesmith was more focused on can I create? Let me create off the dribble. Let me take these contested threes. Let me work on some of these tougher shots. I think Neesmith is, is a guy that was working on something. As I say, very often in situations like this, I tweeted about it today, this, this situation Summer League is very much like a spring training baseball pitcher. Why I say the results don't matter is you see a guy um, for the Red Sox, let's say, trying to work on a slider. and He's going to throw that slider to four straight batters in situations where he's not necessarily supposed to throw a slider or would normally throw a slider, but he's throwing it. And maybe he's getting rocked. Maybe they're hitting home runs. He's giving back to back to back. But who cares about him giving up the home runs? It's not about giving up home runs in that spot. It's about working on the pitch. So that applies to Aaron Neesmith in that if he's working on that individual game, if he's working on – Hey, let me see if I can take guys off the dribble. I need to work on my handle. Let me see what I can do against live defense. Let me see what I can do having to take contested shots. Maybe some of the shots that he's taking can be shots that he ultimately starts to have to make because when the season begins and he's out there, he's going to have to make contested shots. That's just – he's everybody's supposed to make the wide open ones. If you're really going to be a sniper – if you're going to be the absolute sniper that he says he is, 
you're going to have to make some shots with a hand in your face. You're going to have to make some shots with a guy all up in your jock. So taking some of those shots, taking some contested ones, maybe playing a, a little bit different game right now, not so bad for Aaron Neesmith. So I'm not concerned about the ball not going in. I'm not even as concerned about the three turnovers. Langford's four turnovers, there were a few that that I didn't like, but I'm I'm more concerned about the 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 stuff that I think is how do I say this in their control that they don't do well. That that's that's the thing. I'm not concerned about them working on things. So Langford, so so. Decent, okay. Not, I'm not down on him at all. Um, I don't know if people, some people might be. I'm not down on Aaron Neesmith at all. Maybe some people thought that these guys, hey, John, you've been saying all along that these guys are going to be the guys that we count on. And how are you, you know, going to argue that when they didn't come out in summer league and dominate? Like, if they're going to be the guys that come off the bench, they're supposed to dominate in this situation, aren't they? Like, no, not necessarily. Like, yeah, it'd be nice to see, but again, I've seen guys dominate in these situations. It's more about what are they working on, and, and that's and that actually brings me to, to Carson Edwards, who I don't want to say dominated, but 6 of 17 shooting, 2 of 8 from 3, 3 of 3 from the line, nice game here. Team high, 8 rebounds, which is kind of amazing for Carson. 17 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, a steal. Nice game from Carson Edwards. Um, but this, again, this is not a game where I look at Carson Edwards and I say, oh, wow, he's figured this out. He's figured it out. Maybe the Celtics shouldn't move him. They, they shouldn't consider moving on from him. Carson Edwards played well, but he played 30 minutes. And I think that this is, if I'm looking at the big body of work from Carson Edwards, the body of work that I see is a guy who, when he gets those 30 minutes, and he has ample opportunity to have the offense flow through him, he'll find a way to catch fire. That's not something that I'm concerned about with Carson Edwards. My biggest concern is that he's not going to have 30 minutes, and he's not going to have the ball in his hands, and he's not going to have the ball, the, the offense flow through him like it did here. And frankly, against lesser competition, but the knock on Carson Edwards is that he needs that time. He needs the usage to be high for his production to be high. He can't produce right now on low usage. So I look at this game and I say, great, good for Carson Edwards. It doesn't change how I feel about his stature, his status on the Celtics, and maybe overall in the NBA. Now, maybe if he goes to a different situation where he can grow into that and have more more usage, a higher usage rate, then maybe, but I think, I don't think that the NBA is where Carson Edwards is going to have that, that high usage. If this is true, if this is, if, if my assessment of this is, is accurate, then I feel like Carson Edwards is more suited for an international game that he's going to, and I've, how many times have I said this on this podcast? Like recently go out, live in Madrid be a hero, play for a high-level European team, make a ton of money, live a great life. Um, I think that's just more the the route for Carson Edwards. Um, nothing in this game made me think otherwise. We'll see. 
there's only one game. There's only one game, but we're looking we're looking for these signs. These, these are the signs that I see. Up next, Jason Tatum, gold medalist. Hello. And he actually, after kind of an up and down, mostly down Olympics, was very up in that in this game. So uh, in the gold medal game. So I'll talk about that after I tell you about Built Bar. You know what I say about Built Bar, best tasting protein bar on the market. And I just happened to go over to Built.com and guess what they have? Rocky Road, brand new flavor. Rocky Road with marshmallow and almond. It's a special limited time only while supplies last. And if you go and check it out, 150 calories. So low calorie on the on the new Rocky Road. The, the protein, 17 grams of protein. That's ridiculous. Uh, six grams of sugar. That's that's very low. The these these protein bars, these built bars with these great flavors are all low calorie, high protein, low sugar, low carbs. It's I, I can't recommend them enough because you want to get that protein in your body. If you're working out, if you need a uh, a snack along the way, you need to get the good stuff in your body without the bad stuff because anybody can put protein in something, but it comes along with the bad stuff. Built Bar, not, the bad stuff's not really there. So go to built.com. You're going to use that promo code LOCKED15. Check it out. See what flavors you like. Maybe you don't want the Rocky Road. Maybe you want something fruity, like a cherry or a raspberry. Maybe you want something with peanut butter in it. If you've got a nut allergy, it's not a problem. They've got options for you. If you've got uh, if you're on the keto diet, it's fine. They've got options. for the, the whole thing, actually, is good for the keto diet. So go to Built.com, use that promo code LOCK15, and hey, they're also giving away a free travel cooler with this with your next purchase. So give it, a, give it a shot. Free Built Travel Cooler with every bar purchase. Use that promo code LOCK15. You're going to save 15% every time you order at Built.com. Pile up those savings. You can go to Bet Online, which is your fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. You can even bet on Summer League if you're so inclined. That's something that they that people do. Not what I do, but hey, no judgment here. It's fun. If you want to do it, go for it. You can bet on international sports. You can bet on soccer. You can bet on whatever. The Olympics, whatever. The uh, Olympics are done, but you could have bet on the Olympics. So, Head on over to Bet Online. Use your laptop. Use your mobile device. It doesn't matter. You can go sign up. Use the promo code Locked On. You're going to get a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. So create your username, create your password, enter the promo code Locked On, make your first deposit, whatever that is, 200 bucks. They're going to give you a 50 percent welcome bonus of 100 dollars. So that's how the 50 percent welcome bonus works at Bet Online. So don't sit at the sidelines anymore. Get into the game at Bet Online. Your online sportsbook experts. Please gamble responsibly. Be sure to follow our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Locked On Celtics on Instagram. Just told you about Bet Online. Check out the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by Bet Online. Your boy Q, Lee Sterling, going to give you everything you need to get that leg up by whenever you want to throw some money down on a game. Their locks, their wrong team favored, all of that. Check out Locked On Bets. Congratulations to Jason Tatum, Team USA, winners of gold medals in Tokyo. 87-82 gold medal win 
uh, gold medal game win over France. Uh, overcame a big game by Gershon Yabusele, or Yabusele, I guess. I don't know how they're pronouncing it now, but Yabu had 13 points. That was nice. Uh, you, we got Yabu and Poirier in there. Uh, Celtics all over the place. Tatum was fantastic. Off the bench. Best game of the uh, of the of the tournament to me, he, I think he had a bigger game uh, a couple games ago, but for him to come in, in this game clutch gold medal game. Great. Now he had ups and downs in this, in this tournament. I think he didn't shoot particularly well overall. He had this, this shooting game, 19 points on eight of 14, three of five from three, seven rebounds of steel. This was a fantastic game. He had one other big shooting game that kind of skewed his, his percentages, but I think he, I don't want to say struggled, but he, had to find a certain role here. Him coming off the bench to support Kevin Durant, who had 29 points, uh, six rebounds, three assists. Uh, Tatum was clearly the second best player on the floor in this. Uh, so congratulations to Jason Tatum. I think this is a fantastic way for him to end the tournament, obviously on that high note, to find that that within him, to have this game in a clutch moment is is obviously, from a Celtics perspective, very encouraging. You see your star player go out there, accept a role to come off the bench, play that role to the best of his ability throughout the, the tournament. Sometimes it was good, sometimes it wasn't. And then he goes off in the gold medal game and has a huge performance that the, that the Team USA needed Every bit of. They needed every bit of what Tatum gave them. And so that was that was just great to see. Great to see the joy in his face. You know, I'm around Jason Tatum a lot. I see Jason Tatum um, as much as, I think, <laughs> almost as much as his family sometimes. Just be, when we're on the road and we see each other more often than, I think, some of his friends, which I'm sure he wishes was not the case. I see Tatum. I see how he controls his emotions. He's he's a certain way with his teammates. He's definitely a certain way with the media, which I totally understand. In his walk-off interview, you can see the actual pure joy in his face that he he was ready to bust and he was trying like hell to control himself and be media jay out there, but he, you know, couldn't let gold medal Jay, as he's calling himself, come through a little bit. You just see the smile on his face. Um, it's funny to see the actual Jason Tatum come through because he does try to control himself. And again, I, I, I don't blame him for doing that. There's a certain, you know, you got to act a certain way as a star. And with the media, I know how it goes. You say, you know, you say the wrong thing and, and people want to take it and fly with it, and people like to take little chunks of what you say rather than the whole of what you say, and and it comes out as a tweet. I tweet things out. You know, a lot of times he says something interesting, and I'll tweet it out, and then people react to the tweets, and I, I, I don't do it as much as some other people, and especially I've gotten away from it a little bit more when I can't give the full context because people just react to the tweet. And the tweet goes viral and like, oh yeah, great. I got likes and, and retweets, but what does that get me? 
people aren't doesn't make people read the full story. Even if I respond to that or quote tweet myself with the full context, people don't respond to that. They respond to the quote, the little quote. So I can understand why players don't want to give those little quotes because it goes out and it spreads and they have to come back and defend themselves. I get it. This is kind of a, a screwy time in media with social media and all of that stuff. But Tatum got to let himself go a little bit and enjoy that moment. And it was good to see. It was good to see the pictures and the videos from inside the locker room, him having that champagne celebration. You know that he's like dying to have one of those in Boston now. And the best part of all of this is Tatum comes back from Tokyo. And what's the first thing that he does? He stops by Jalen Brown's event for his, you know, juice foundation and, you know, swings by and hangs out with Jalen Brown and lets Jalen Brown wear the gold medal. Like that's all of the crap that you've heard about Tatum and Brown. Oh, they, they, you know, play together, but they don't really like each other that much. They're not buddy, buddy. Like, I think that just kind of blew a big hole through that whole concept that they're not buddy, buddy. Like, even if they're not like best friends, here's a dude comes back from the Olympics, lands, goes directly to Jalen Brown's event, and they're hanging out together. The two teammates, the two pillars of the franchise. And people want to say, well, that, that's not going to last. They don't, they don't like playing or they, they don't really like each other. It's right there. So I think from a Celtics perspective, there's your proof right there. So huge week for, for Jason Tatum. Uh, huge to see that, that celebration. Huge for him to have it with Ime Udoka there. The trash talk, if you saw some of Kevin Durant's Instagram live, the trash talk, you know, Durant sitting there with Patty Mills saying, oh, we're going to be a problem for Boston. And, you know, Tatum swears at Kevin Durant and Udoka comes in. It's like, yeah, we know how to shut down Patty Mills. Like that, that's that little fun kind of thing, like that Tatum and Udoka get that moment there. I like where this is going. I, I do like where that's going. You know, we've, we've, Spent a lot of time last week kind of rightly worried about what the plan is for the Celtics and and still worried about the, the total impact of what the Celtics are going to suffer by going through this transition, this bridge year. It's not great. But, you know, Tatum is, is improving. And I'm sorry to the people. I know I have a bad habit on the podcast of addressing people on Twitter who probably don't even listen to the podcast. But I said that Tatum needs to to improve his handle so he can you know he he can level up. And people like there's a segment of the fandom that's like, what do you mean? He, how can he level up? He's a, like, if you don't think Tatum can get better, if you think this is the best that Tatum can be at 23, then you're actually disrespecting Jason Tatum by sitting there saying like, this is as good as he's going to get. This is, he doesn't need to do anything. He's already great. Like, no, for me, from a, like, I'm just saying this from a pure player perspective. When my, my coach used to say, 
when I, when he used to get on me, and he used to get on me pretty good. He'd tell me, he's like, you know why I get on your ass? And I'd be pissed off. He's like, because I know you have more. I know that you have more to give. If I thought that you had maxed out what you can give us, then I wouldn't, I wouldn't be saying this because I'd know that you don't have anything else. But I get on you because I know that there's more that you can do. And that's how I approach things. When a player is who he is, then I'm not going to get on him as much. Tatum has levels to reach. Still, shot selection still can be improved. Handle definitely can be improved. The turnovers as he's driving, yeah, they've gotten better, still can improve. He can still level up. And if you think that Tatum is already great and, and whatever, whatever, that that next le- there's another level for him to go. So I like that he's gone through everything with Team USA the way he did, that he had to accept the role, that he played with those players, they had conversation with those players, all of it. I like that he was there with Udoka. I like that they they they've already gotten a head start on their relationship. He's already working on how he wants Tatum to play when he's in Boston. This is all good stuff. It might be a little turbulence as this Celtics flight changes paths. But at some point, that turbulence is going to give way to, I think, clear skies. Hopefully without any or too much collateral damage to the rest of the roster. That's all. All right, going to wrap it up. There's a lot more to get to this week. I'm still going five days a week, I think, in September. Prepare yourself if you're a regular listener or a regular watcher on YouTube. Uh, I think in September I might drop down to uh, three days a week for the month of September before they ramp back up. So, But right now, for August, for now, I'm going five days a week still. This is going to be a daily podcast once the season restarts. It's going to be a five-day-a-week podcast again. So very few days off for the Lockdown Celtics podcast. So make sure you're subscribed. Summer League continues all week long. And I'll be doing podcasts all week long. So if you're not subscribed, please do so, especially on YouTube where the subscriber base continues to grow. And, of course, share the podcast. Tell your friends that they should be listening to and watching the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.